Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, will Game of Thrones' compelling past be as compelling as its future? Could Everspace 2 become the next hit space shooter? And could Epic Games be getting into the movies all this and more as we reach our next stop the pcc multiverse don't be alarmed the quasi shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds other voices other thoughts and other realities up feels like down and down feels like the number seven on a wednesday morning don't worry That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows, and if you can... Please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at Pop Culture Cosmos, it is truly appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. He is the man from Castle FPV on the Twitter and Instagram. It is a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out there. And also everywhere he's at for the Pop Culture Cosmos, it is my good friend. It is Marcus De La Garza. What's up, man? Hey, man. Just uh, happy to be back. And I do want to go ahead and throw a uh, shout out to the Lakers Fast Break podcast. We've got a big week coming up here. January 26th is the one-year anniversary of Kobe's passing. And, you know, I know that's a very big day for you guys. So, you know, I want to give a shout out to you guys, let you know we're sending our love your guys' way. And... You know, we're thinking about you and thinking about Kobe and his and his legacy. Absolutely. We're going to have a special episode for the Lakers fast break on that day, plus also our regular post-game recaps and hopefully more one-on-one interviews coming up here in the near future. But check out the Lakers fast break channel wherever you get your podcast for that. We truly appreciate if you do and cannot thank you enough for doing so. But it's going to be a great show we've got lined up for you today. We've got Jason Dutch. From Voice from the Underground, coming up here on the back half of the show, he is going to be talking about what else? WandaVision is going to be available right now. WandaVision is just the talk of social media right Mm -hmm. now. In fact, I know Marcus has some thoughts on it. That's coming up in a sec. But Jason Dutch also has some thoughts on WandaVision, and that's coming up on the back end of the show. Plus, we're going to be talking about Everspace 2. If you haven't heard of the original and you haven't heard of the sequel now, it's in early access and it's been released. 
about 15 to 25 hours of game there. It is really something special. I've had a chance to go ahead and check out quite a bit of it, and I'm looking forward to go ahead and delving into it. Why? We'll tell you coming up here in a few minutes. Plus, also, so we're talking a little bit of Game of Thrones. And with all the prequels, in fact, another prequel just got added to development. Is this going to have the kind of draw that the original Game of Thrones series did? I'm going to talk to Marcus and hear his thoughts on that. Plus, also, Netflix hits 200 million subscribers, which is something we were already basically rounding off anyways because they were close enough to it. But yes, they recently reported on their latest financial reports that they did hit 200 million subscribers. We're going to talk about how that changes the game of streaming right there for you. I had a chance to check out from our friends at One More, the Comfobuds that sits inside this case. I'm going to talk about the difference in size and variance from the previous earbuds I got a chance to check out. And does it still sound really good? We're going to talk about that coming up later in the show as well. Marcus might even sneak in some of the Expanse thoughts if we have time. I'd love to hear his thoughts and an update on that later in the program as well. But first, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and hit you up before we talked WandaVision. And that's your favorite thing in the world to talk about. Movie delays with James Bond, No Time to Die, 007. Da-na, 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 moved back one more time this time from early april to early october so i want to hear your thoughts on no time to die not dying anytime soon because it's being moved back to october it's gonna be a great time in the delegarza household let's just call it what it is i'm really if it comes out in october you know we're gonna go ahead and say this is coming out in october let's Let's just be hopeful. We're not, we're starting 2021 outright. We're just going to call it a very hopeful year. And we're going to say, yes, it's coming out the second weekend in October. And I'm looking forward to it. What I do want to say about this movie is it's a very important one in our household. We love watching the James Bond movies. And I'm really looking forward to getting back to the theaters in person, having my COVID shot and, and being able to enjoy my time there and not be too worried about things. It's funny because my oldest daughter, Ellen Glassford, who actually appeared sharing her thoughts on WandaVision on the Monday episode. It was so funny because she's telling me on the way home because she gave me the news as I was driving us home and I was bummed about it. But she said it's so funny because he appeared and hosted Saturday Night Live in season 45 promoting that movie. That shows you how long ago it was. And if he were to go ahead and promote it ahead of the October release or just ahead of the October release, that will be season 47 for Saturday Night Live. So he yep. realistically, in two different seasons, he could be promoting the same movie on SNL if they go ahead and allow him to do so. So I thought that was kind of funny from 45 to 47 on that. And then also going ahead, it's just been so many times now that it's been pushed back. I don't think personally it's not going to be the last time it's going to be under question. Whether or not it's the final time it will be pushed back, we'll wait and see. But I'm going to stay positive like you and say, hopefully, that October 8th for No Time to Die. And let's hope that's the final time it gets pushed back and we get to finally see the last time we get to go ahead and see Daniel Craig on screen as 007. Are you continuing to be bummed out by all the pushbacks for No Time to Die? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, WandaVision is still 
even almost a week later, the talk of social media right now in regards to pop culture. So I want to hear your thoughts as we continue to focus in on WandaVision and the start, restart, kickstart going into phase four, your early thoughts on WandaVision. All right. I, I think we should go ahead and put this disclaimer in. There's going to be a lot of spoilers probably in the next seven minutes. Let's just call well, it. This one, okay. The first two episodes have been out as we're talking about close to a week. So you should have seen it by now. You should have, but I, I just want to let people know in case they haven't, you, you know, sometimes I'm slow to get up on, you know, on, on to watching things. So let's start from the very beginning. We called some things right. We called some things wrong, but I do want to point out the fact that this is a very interesting telling of the story, right? You know, we saw at the very end of the first episode that it looks like she's being confined somewhere. Somebody's taking notes on what's going on in her brain or what's playing on the TV show itself. We got some really interesting little tidbits there, and it continued on towards the end of the second episode. I'm really interested to see how this storyline develops. You know, is this something where this is part of her rehabilitation, post-vision? I do want to say, though, that it was a very interesting storyline. I was really intrigued by it. The one critique I had is what happens when you have some new viewers that haven't been on the up and up with the Marvel Cinematic Universe here? Yes. Are you going to force those people to go back and, and watch all those movies? Are you going to force them to go back and watch the TV shows in the interim? I, I, I understand that the Netflix TV shows kind of, you know, are, they're standalone, whatever. Let's just forget about those because they need to be forgotten about. My problem is that, you know, if you were a new viewer and you just wanted to jump in and you wanted to jump in on WandaVision, it doesn't feel like that's a possibility, right? You know. No. You're so lost. You don't know what's going on. And that's what I'm worried about. And I understand that you already have the attention of the world, right? You had the attention of the world. But let's keep growing this entire franchise. Let's keep growing just the TV show generally. I think you could have opened up the storyline on the first episode a little bit more, given us a little bit more information as an average viewer, right? Somebody that hasn't been on the up and up with all the Marvel movies. And we could have had the same product, but a little bit more informative and brought in the next generation of viewership. It's one of those things. I, I guess if you're already on Disney Plus, you have access to all the, the Marvel movies anyways. You can go educate yourself, watch all of them. But I mean, this felt like this was a great jumping off point to grab the next generation of viewership. And it's I don't I wouldn't call it a miss because it's outstanding, but it's you're gonna have that knowledge gap there. And I think we could have done a little bit more to facilitate the onboarding of new viewership here. It's a nice note to nostalgia. The way it recreates the late 1950s and 1960s shows is truly outstanding. But because it only leaves you some small breadcrumbs as far as the overarching MCU and what actually is going on to somebody that's brand new sitting into this that didn't see any Marvel Cinematic Universe or saw very little of it, it is a hard watch to do. And I've already heard this from a lot of people on and off camera that it's hard to get into if you're not already a marvel fan you don't already know what's going on i know that falcon and the winter soldier was supposed to originally be the first show actually on the queue and i thought that would have been more apropos because people would have gotten yeah. into the superhero format a lot better and a lot easier but unfortunately the coronavirus had its say Marvel had to change things around and lead off with WandaVision first. So it will now be known as the kickstart to phase four. The only problem is, again, it's feeding you breadcrumbs because it really wants to just go ahead and give you little by little by little lead in into what's going on into the larger realm of the MCU. The thing is for 
new audiences for someone that's brand new to it or someone who hasn't really gotten into it before. This is a hard watch as of right now. Yeah. And that that's my primary concern is, you know, maintaining viewership, you know, because I don't think this was advertised as well as it could have been. I think we could have seen a lot more advertisement just out and about. I really don't feel like I saw a ton, but maybe I wasn't. I see it now. I saw it in his first week after it already aired. Well, and that's something we kind of talked about with The Expanse, right? Like, you know, when, when The Expanse came out uh, last month, I felt like there wasn't a lot of advertisement for that either. And maybe that's where we're at in the COVID advertisement world, where you don't have to really worry about real-world advertising until after it comes out, when you can tell people, hey, you've got three episodes you can go watch. Go have fun. And you really don't have to tell them about it until after it's already been released because you know you've got them hook, line, and sinker. I guess I didn't understand why we didn't see more advertisement in the weeks leading up to WandaVision jumping across to a different platform, Amazon Prime, looking at The Expanse. You know, I, I would have thought we'd seen a lot heavier advertisement presence for both shows. That's funny because they're not talking to each other at Amazon and Disney, but yes, I, I get what you mean, but they're doing yeah, the same right, type yeah, of things. Yeah, but yeah. The Expanse... I mean, the Expanse future's already set. They're already been extended for another year, and that's going to be the final year for the Expanse. So I think it goes through season six, and then, then it's going to call the yeah. day. But I wanted to go ahead and say this, that I, I at least, again, the nostalgic tones, I, I kind of like, but it's only going to get me so far because of the fact I want to see more of what's going on behind the scenes. And I know for somebody new, it's not going to be watchable until we find out what's going on later on when it becomes more apparent about why everything is what it is when it comes to WandaVision. It basically drops you in the middle of what's going on instead of having a beginning, middle, and end. So a lot of shows and movies are starting to do this where they drop you in the middle and tell you to figure out what's going on. Tenet kind of did that in the same yeah. fashion where it dropped you or already expecting you to know what's going on or having you say, okay, you don't know what's going on. You need to watch it all the way through before you understand what's going on. And that's the same thing going on right now with WandaVision. It drops you in, even if you are knowledgeable on the MCU, even if you are experienced on the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you may not fully realize what's going on. At least you're asking the questions, but you you're still have a lot of questions. And I think that's both good and bad. The fact you, that people you, people want to go ahead that, that are interested in it and are asking these questions, want to see the next episodes, but for people that are maybe on the fence, it might get them off. Do you feel like that's a dangerous play to do on a TV show? You know, with a movie, you've got two and a half hours of attention, maybe even three, you know, two hours and 45 minutes. You know, you've got that viewership attention for that period of time, right? So that gives you the ability to throw somebody in the middle of a story give them the beginning, give them the end and give them everything in between and wrap it up in a nice little bow. But I mean, in a 30 minute episode, like WandaVision is, it's hard to do that. And it's hard to retain. It's interest. actually 22, just to give you an idea. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I was thinking that traditional TV mindset. But, of like well, remember minutes. every 30 minute comedy is still 22 minutes because of commercial. Right. And I, I got you there. I always think of in like 30 minute blocks yeah. for traditional TV, including advertisement, but you know, it's hard to wrap that up in a 22-minute episode, at least from my perspective, right? Well, but then again, Marvel is doing this for the first time as a sitcom and doing things differently. Marvel thinks it can go ahead and throw out there, and basically anything they throw out there will stick because it has the word Marvel on right now. And they think that right now, because of their success and, and the platform that they have, 
they're able to go ahead and take some chances. I mean, a lot of people leading up to Guardians of the Galaxy said, why would you go ahead and have a movie with these oddball characters that nobody knew and nobody even read the comics? Well, look how that turned out. That turned out really successful on that gamble. Christmas special coming out next year. Yeah, exactly. So this is another gamble for them. I don't hear a huge backlash. That's the one thing that's a positive. I don't hear any type of real backlash online or social media. No. I just know personally, I know there's a lot of people that had their, like, for instance, Noah, he had his parents sit have them sit down and watch it, and they didn't get it. I know other people that have had these issues as well, where they have people that wanted them, hey, take a look at this with me for start of the Marvel Cinematic Universe once again. And they're gone because they don't really understand what's going on. One of my daughters is still really into it. One of my daughters watched it for a few minutes and just checked on out because she didn't want to go ahead and relate to the nostalgic factory. It didn't entertain her. So it's going to be a hard watch for some people. It's going to be something people turn off. But again, it's it's leading you breadcrumbs. And it depends on how large those breadcrumbs are. And right now they're not very large. And I think that's irritating some people out there, but not to the point where people are turning it off in mass. I don't see this mass pushback against Marvel's WandaVision at this point in time, which is a good thing. Yeah, and, and I agree with you there. I, I think I like to always provide that devil's advocate opinion at times. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, and it's one of those things, you know, looking at WandaVision, I think it was a very successful first two episodes. I'm looking forward to episode three. I really enjoyed the storyline. My wife and I sat and, and talked about it you know, earlier tonight, as well as after we watched everything two nights ago or three nights ago, whenever that was, you know, one of the big things that we just talked about generally was for a new viewership and somebody that wasn't us, it would be hard to retain maybe out the gate, but we were very enthused by the writing, by the, by the characters. I mean, it felt very, I don't want to call it relatable because I mean, 50, 60 sitcoms aren't very relatable at times, but you know, it, it felt like it was easy content to get into and we really enjoyed it. So looking forward to what they have in store. I just hope that the hurdles that we have with the barrier to entry to being a new Marvel fan or new MCU fan doesn't keep the next generation of viewership out of the MCU. What are your thoughts out there on WandaVision? We'll keep reporting you our thoughts on WandaVision each and every time out, but we want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break Podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, my friend, there's more to talk about on today's program. I wanted to go ahead and hit you up. In fact, I will save the Everspace 2 and also Game of Thrones for the back half of the show. I want to hit you up with just rapid fire stuff right now. Yep. Netflix, in its recent financial report, stated that they finally, well, actually something you and I knew was going to be a you know just something that's got to happen anyways, but they finally went over 200 million subscribers. So I want to hear your thoughts on exactly what you think this number does as far as the overall landscape of streaming. Because for me, it tells me that even though there's so many competitors out there, Disney+, Plus, Apple+, Plus, Peacock, HBO Max, the list goes on and on and on, that Netflix, with all of its content that they provide their consumers out there, is still at number one. Man, Netflix is the OG streamer, and we all know that for sure. 
And I, I'm very happy they hit the 200 million subscriber mark. You and I have been talking about it as it's it's been a real thing for, I don't know, probably a month or two now, just because we saw the numbers trending that direction. When you hit 175, 180 million subscribers, 190 last time we heard about it, you know that 200 right there around the corner. And I think we thought it was going to happen right before the new year. I, we might have actually even said that on a previous episode. I'm not sure it actually happened before the new year. It might have happened after January 1st, but either way, very, very, very successful. And, you know, it, it really speaks to the health of the company. Number one, number two, it, it kind of, hopefully it speaks to the health of the goal that they set for 52 movies in 52 weeks. So. Absolutely. In fact, there's a lot of talk. Obviously, you you have spoken last week about your love for Midnight Sky. I know yep. right now, currently, that's trending on there is a recent Jason Statham film that's been added to Netflix queues. A lot of people have been interested on that, but you're right. The 52 weeks of films, everybody's talking about the one with Anthony Mackie that just came out as well. I mean, there's still so many films that they're putting off one after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. And the content that they keep putting out there as far as what they're looking forward to showing people with the series that they've got, Bridgerton just got, oh, shocker upon all shockers. Yeah. It got, got renewed for season two. Cobra Kai already renewed for season four has been a massive hit as well. I mean, we already talked about the success of Bridgerton. Well over 60 million people have seen an episode in regards to Cobra Kai since Cobra Kai season one, two, and now three have been on the platform. Over 70 million people have checked out at least one episode of that. So it's been very, very encouraging to see these signs of all these great shows and of course, with Stranger Things, The Umbrella Academy, and all the other great shows that they've talked about bringing back again for another season, and then all the stuff that they got coming up, and of course, their devotion to films, both action fair, popcorn and light, but they also have a good devotion to anime. The only thing I think maybe is more kids programming. I think they've not done as well as I'd like to see as far as the yeah. kids programming end of it. I know that's a little harder for them to reach those properties because all those properties are usually bought out as far as the, the successful ones. But I know that they still need to connect with more audiences there on the on the younger end. Not I'm not talking about tweens. Tweens, they've done a great job of getting young adults with the shows that they have. But I'm talking even younger than that, kids yep. programming. But everything else, they've really hit a niche on. Again, they're becoming a leader in anime. Obviously, the movies that they've got, the TV series – they're really rounding us form and their massive debt that they always seem to have, it doesn't bother them. It doesn't face them because of the 200 million subscribers keep bringing in that money each and every week, which allows them to go ahead and buy properties, but it also allows them to go ahead and make and create properties, big budget and lower budget movies. But I also like the fact that they devote themselves to quality movies as well. They they go out and get award-winning films. They go out and get yep. award-winning directors and actors and, and ask them to go ahead and create projects specifically for the platform that gets Oscar and Emmy nominations and Emmy consideration and Oscar consideration. So I really like the fact that they they are now what you would call the best format right now for a well-rounded streaming platform. It's impressive to see the umbrella that Netflix has built when it comes to IP they're crushing it right now and it's a lot of it has to do with their subscribership I, i'd have to say you know you, they've had a consistent flow of money coming in over the years they've been able to buy the ip that they've wanted they've been able to rent the rights to ip that they've wanted you know when it comes to 
you know, we were just talking about Marvel and the Netflix TV shows that, that came out over the last decade. We got to see them take part in some really cool things. So I'm, I'm really excited at the fact that they hit 200 million subscribers. I think that, you know, I'm with you if they can really tag into the youth market, you know, the under 12, the under 11 market. They have the entire family set running then at that point. And what happens from there? You just keep growing and growing and growing. It's obvious that they've spent a lot of time in strategy meetings talking about how to best position themselves from an IP standpoint. And I would love to sit in and hear one of their intellectual property discussions and, and hear how they game plan for the future, because I think they're going to be the best practice model moving forward. I'll tell you what, I'm excited to see what's up ahead for Netflix. You can love them or hate them but they're out there they've got 200 million plus subscribers now they've reached a number which a lot of people would thought was unfathomable when they first started dishing out dvds and sending them through the mailbox so <laughs> i want to hear your thoughts out there on netflix hitting 200 million subscribers please let us know popculturecosmos at yahoo.com well before we go ahead and hit my thoughts on comfo buds right here from one more I want to go ahead and give you the floor, my friend. You've been checking out The Expanse lately. I want to hear your thoughts on The Expanse because you talked about a little bit earlier about how you were upset as far as not enough commercials, not enough ads, not enough letting people know that it's out there. I want to hear your thoughts on how The Expanse is going in season five. Hey, man, it's going great. We just had episode eight come out last night. Wednesday night, 12 a.m. GMT. So that's, you know, five hours ahead of Eastern Standard Time. Regardless, it's been outstanding. It's been a great ride. You know, at 7 p.m. Tuesday nights, we sit down in our household and watch The Expanse. It's, it's wonderful. My big thing is we had four season finale level episodes to begin the season. I mean, we got hit with just storyline after storyline after storyline. And that's a little bit of a dig at, you know, what the stories were there. We were getting some pretty big impacts there. I'm looking at the second set of four episodes here. They've been positioning episodes. They're, they're getting us in the right spot so that we can have maybe two or three epic finale episodes here to, to round out the season. I actually don't know the episode count. I've actually intentionally stayed away from that just so that I don't try and start narrowing my vision down and pigeonhole the story down into somewhere that maybe it's not going to head towards. You know, it's it's been an outstanding season. I think the writing and the direction has been great. It's definitely a step up from what we saw at Sci-Fi. I think what we did last year with season four at Amazon was obviously leaps and bounds above what they did previously at Sci-Fi for the first three seasons. And I think season five has just been the continuation of that. I would urge anybody that has the time or the ability, go watch the first four seasons of The Expanse. Just keep in mind that the first three were filmed by an entirely different company you know, with an entirely different budget and they made do with what they had. And that's not to say that it's not great television because it was, and it still is. It's just remember that you're eventually going to hit payday and know that this series is going to get all the money and credit it deserves. And that's before it heads on out in season six next year. So yep, we're hoping for good things for Amazon's expanse as it continues season five. I know you've been having a good time with it. People want to go ahead and check out the back series, the back episodes, and the back seasons of The Expanse, you need to check it out today on Amazon Prime. Before we head out to the half-hour break, wanted to go ahead and hit you up on this. Got these from one more. These are the Comfo Buds, which I'm showing right now on camera. I'm actually going to be pulling one out here. They are more of the style of the apples that are so vaunted that are right there that people seem to love. 
But these earpieces are much, much lighter than most of these standard earbuds that are out. In fact, I'm going to give you one of the other ones that I've had a chance to take a look at right here. So this shows you just the difference in size. Let me oh, put yeah, that right that. there on the camera. Yeah, so they're they're quite a bit smaller, which means it's less taxing on your ears. I mean, I'm usually about a good two, three hours on the traditional earbuds before my ears starting getting fatigued. These, I don't feel it at all. And I'm very happy with them. They've done a great job. You don't get the kind of bass that you do from these larger units, but you get a nice, rich sound. It replaces it with a, with much better highs. Not much better, but with, with reasonably better highs. So overall, I was listening like, for instance, Panama from Van Halen, the classic song, which you got to go ahead and, and use as one of your test I was going to say, is that your them. test song right there, Gerald? One of them. One okay, of them. I have yeah. quite a few. But I would say probably this handled it reasonably well. It just doesn't hit the lows, I think, as the as the heavier units that are, that are. But otherwise, like I said, it really works well. Again, for people on the go, very active people, it is something that I would recommend simply because of the fact that it is lighter. And a lot of people are interested in using lighter earbuds because of the fact that they're going to have extended use. They want to go ahead and have these or if they're on flights or something like that. Yep. Plus, I think the mics on these are a little bit better. Still, you're going to have the issues that you do with any earbuds out there that seemingly are out there. You still get the popping every now and then, especially for recording and things of that nature. All of them seem to have that. Nobody seemed to get that 100%. But again, these are, are very solid. I'm going to have a written review of this on popculturecosmos.com coming up this weekend. So I'm looking forward to sharing my thoughts on that. But I give this a very, very good recommendation. It is the Comfo Buds, C-O-M-F-O. B-U-D-S, and it is comfortable, first and foremost. It is from the number one more, and you can find out more information right now on Amazon.com or onemore.com on these great Comfo Buds. I really had a good time with them, and I hope you get a chance to go ahead and check it out my thoughts this weekend at popculturecosmos.com. Well, coming up next after the break, it is a good friend that has returned to us He's reformatted his podcast. It is no longer Voice from the Underground. It is Dig on America, his latest podcast that he's got with his good friend and also a good friend of ours, Big Haas, who has appeared on the show. But he is coming up next to talk about what else? WandaVision. That's mm. coming up right after the break. And then after that, we have Scott Howard and I talking about Vinyl Records and also as well, we've got Marcus coming up after that as well, talking about Everspace 2 and Game of Thrones. Looking forward to those conversations between Marcus and also Jason coming up right after the break. This is the PCC Multiverse. Video game box art, the stories behind the covers, in which we talk to the illustrators and artists who are responsible for gaming's most iconic images. Don't forget to check out Video Game Box Art, the stories behind the covers, celebrating gaming's most iconic images from the people who created them. This and many more from Rob McCallum Films. All right, and we're back with the program. It's Gerald coming right back at you here at the PCC Multiverse. And I'll tell you what, again, WandaVision is the talk of social media right now when it comes to entertainment and pop culture. A lot of people are excited about getting back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And one of those is my good friend right here. I know him from Voice from the Underground, but also I do want to mention Dig on America. Type in Dig on America 
or Voice from the Underground. They're also both come up. But Dig on America is what is going on right now. And the man behind it, along with Mikey and Big Hoss, along with this man indeed, it is Jason Dutch. Jason, thanks for joining us once again. I love being on your program. Love it when you can pack on mine. But I want to hear your thoughts on WandaVision. Are you into it? You haven't been on in a while, so we got to get you uh, back on there. But the Voice from the Underground is is gone. Um, it's still the overarching media company. Um, but uh, Dig on America is the new rebranded podcast. We're going to focus a lot more on the politics and not so much on the pop culture. So we'll do it a little bit. Like yesterday, we talked about some NFL as it related to Eric Bieniemy still waiting to be hired. So you'll get sprinkles of pop culture. And I do appreciate you having me on, my friend. So we love you guys as buddies of the podcast. You guys have been great friends for three and a half years, and we truly appreciate it. But as far as WandaVision goes, I have some very mixed feelings. I don't know like what your other guests have been telling you but as far as i'm concerned like two episodes in and like so far i'm like eh. you know it's like it, if if you didn't know already the overarching themes of the mcu you have no freaking clue what's going on like you know the guy pops out and he's a beekeeper and like i you know it, we know that it's sword but the, a random person wouldn't be able to pick up on all these Easter eggs. You know, they might get a kick out of like the bewitch stuff and the I love Lucy stuff and the obvious, you know, I think they're going to Dick Van Dyke. Brady, well, Dick, Dick Van Dyke, Dyke, right. Looks like they're going into full house and family ties. I can't tell. Brady which. Bunch too. Yeah. Brady Bunch. So yeah, that's the one they just moved to at the very end where they went to color, you know? So, I mean, that whole wizard of Oz type of thing is, is it's cool. You know, I really appreciate what they've done, like, you know, calling back these other shows. I think it's very clever. But as far as like where it's going, you know, we know that she's created some sort of reality for herself. At least that's what we think we know. But the show itself is not particularly compelling at this point. You know, there, it, it's, it's, it's a little bit confusing. It's fun because it's, it's a comedy. You know, I'm, I'm kind of taking it like I did Shazam to draw an analogy because you enjoyed Shazam a lot if you looked at it as what it was, a cheesy, campy comedy that happened to be about superheroes. If I looked at this show in this context, which maybe I should start doing, then I'd have a lot more fun because that wasn't the way that I started looking at it as I was coming into it. I was looking at it as it's going to be, you know, a continuation of the MCU. And I think that that won't be the case with Loki and that won't be the case with Falcon Winter Soldier. But with this show, it's just started out as kind of ambiguous, kind of weird and kind of plotless for the most part. So I'm looking forward to seeing the rest. I'll watch the rest because I am what I am. I'm a nerd. I'm reserved. I am resorting to having to watch the rest of this. But at the moment, a little bit underwhelmed. I'm not saying I blame you a bit, my friend. You're echoing the sentiments of a lot of people out there. Here that, I thought it was original. No, I mean, again, it's for, as I've said on the show, the nostalgia tones are nice. And the recreation of those classic shows and the fact that they remembered so fondly because they are loving nods to the Dick Van Dyke show, I Love Lucy, Bewitched, and upcoming Full House. Well, you Full know, House. I wasn't even, you know what, I, I didn't even realize that, that she's that Olsen twin? Yes, yes. Her she's sister's. Married. 
Her older sisters are the Olsen twins from Full House. Oh, her older sisters are Mary Kate and Ashley. Oh, okay. Yes. I was going to say her. She's not Mary Kate or Ashley. No, no. But she's no. a younger sister of Mary. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I did not know yep. that. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm sure she had fun taping those segments that have the echoes of what we were talking about with Full House. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure that was going to be enjoyable to see. But those nostalgic tones are nice. But all you're getting is small little breadcrumbs from the overarching MCU and you hit it right on the head. If you're not knowledgeable on this stuff, it is a very hard watch because you really don't know what you're watching because you were put right into the middle of this thing. You don't know why it's there. You don't know why she's doing what she's doing. You don't know why it takes place in this alternate universe. And you don't know anything really, if you're just coming into it for the first time or you didn't watch all the MCU movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you summarized it quite well there so i do know that when they released the um when they did the rotten tomato score they did the rotten tomato score off of the people who were able to watch this the show earlier and it was the first three yes we've only seen two so far i think the next one comes out what tonight or tomorrow or probably at midnight as when you hear this yes when people hear this it'll be out so it'll already be out so possibly it it wraps up something and gives you some closure on that by episode three but then again it depends on who their test audience was right you know it's like political polling who is the sample audience that is giving you the numbers that you are looking at you never expect it always to be representative of the whole society but it depends on like did they test market this to you know marvel fanatics or did they test market it to just random nielsen ask tv audiences i don't know the the answer to those questions but I do know that it got, I think, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. We were talking about over on Jock and Nerd about this a couple of days ago, and they saw the first three. So possibly tomorrow when I watch the third one, it will satisfy me a little bit more and will you know maybe start to change my mind on it. But two episodes in, like I'm not hating it. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate it. But well, it's okay. It's you know, like I said, it's okay. I love Vision. I love Scarlet Witch. The actor's name, the actor's name who plays oh, Paul, Bettany. Them, Paul Bettany, right? Yeah. I wanted to say Bill Bellamy. Like, and I, we all know that's not right. But I mean, it's not even close. But the, they both this has last name starts with B. So, but Paul Bettany is very good. I actually liked him in Solo, believe it or not. I thought he was good. One of the, him and Donald Glover were the really the two bright spots in Solo. So, you know, it, I think he's a very good actor. I like the way he plays Vision. You know, I, I appreciate the fact that they showed the cartoon gumming up the, the gears. You know, I thought that that was cleverly done. But of course, he's supposed to be invincible. Of course, he's not invincible because he's dead. Well, he's not dead because he was never alive. Yeah. But I am curious as to whether or not they're going to use this show as a vehicle to bring him back to the MCU, either as an alternate version of Vision or they you know, they're able to repair the Android because theoretically he was never alive. He was built so he could be reanimated at any point in time. So that part is interesting to me. I'm very interested to see what they do with the kids because the X-Men part of this is supposed to be very, very interesting. Supposed yes, to and then also, you know, they're, they're obviously going forward a young Avengers at some point in time because they're lining yeah. up all these younger Avengers that are coming up in the not too distant future. Yeah, and that, so so that part of it I'm interested in. 
I've even heard there might be ties into the Spider-Man 3 movie, which has got every actor in the world in it. So those parts of it, I'm excited for. But again, we only have a sample size of two episodes, so I don't want to paint with too big of a brush. But Marvel has such a high bar for themselves, you know, that it makes it difficult on themselves sometimes because any strikeout and you're like, oh, they screwed that up, you know. So DC obviously has the opposite issue where we're just waiting for something somewhat good, you know, and Wonder Woman did not do it for me either. So, but I am interested in continuing to watch it and we'll, we'll have to see, you know, where it goes from here. Well, I'll tell you what, it's been great having you on with your quick thoughts on WandaVision. Hopefully you'll be able to come back at your convenience whenever you want to come back on the show to talk about that or the MCU. So far, you and I are right on the money with our line of thinking as far as how this has gone so far. But before we head on out, my friend, you got to go ahead and mention to everyone out there why they need to check out your awesome show, The Dig on America podcast. The Dig on America, as I mentioned, is a rebranding of our old show, Voice from the Underground. Some of the links to Voice from the Underground are still working, but we're trying to change everything over to Dig on America. So if you like politics and you like social issues and you like perspectives and honest perspectives, we look at some good social messages, some good messages on race and religion and what's going on with politics, what's going to be going on with the new administration that took office yesterday. We have everybody on the show you can imagine. We've so, you know, we're, we're open to talk to anybody, but we like to try to get to what the bottom of facts are and try to have a, a forum for civil discourse. So any podcast app, iTunes, Google is still showing it as the old name, but all the other podcast apps have updated to Dig on America. And if you really would like to help us, the best thing you could do is you can subscribe to the channel on YouTube or on Twitch. It's twitch.tv forward slash DOA podcast. And YouTube, I don't think it's updated yet. I think it's still youtube.com forward slash voice from the underground podcast, but you can go to our website, which is vfupodcast.yolasite.com and you can get all the links to everything there. vfupodcast.yolasite.com. Well, it is Jason Dutch from the Dig on America podcast. Join him, Mikey, and also Big Haas. Shout out to Big Haas, my good friend. He's an awesome guy. I truly appreciate every time he comes on the show. And also, Jason Dutch himself, the Dig on American podcast, where you can go ahead and dig on America right there. It's diggable right there for you. We got a shovel for you. There we got a shovel indeed. But it is the Dig on America podcast. Please check out every episode you can wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Jason, it's been just incredible having you here once again. You're welcome back. Please hit me up on the DM when you're ready to come back because I want to hear more of your thoughts as we get into Falcon and the Winter Soldier, What If, Loki, the whole nine yards. I want to hear your thoughts on Marvel as we continue to move on right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. We are back once again with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. And I'll tell you what, he is recreating the music genre with his new type of sound. And what do I mean by that? Well, you know what? What I mean is you got to go ahead and check out scotthowardmusic.com. That's scotthowardmusic.com. You got to go there and check out his latest, The World Ascension Tour, A Light Worker's Journey, live at Village Studios in 432 hertz 
It is Scott Howard. And Scott, thank you so much for joining us on today's program. Thank you so much for having me. One of the things I wanted to ask you real quick, and you mentioned this, is that your music, especially this World Ascension Tour live at Village Studios in 432 hertz, is available on vinyl. And vinyl has, in the past decade, made a strong comeback as far as sales are concerned. Vinyls are being sold on specific days, specific times, but now you see there's always record store day that that people celebrate once a year with limited edition vinyls, but there's also mass produced vinyls that are coming out more and more often, because like you said, you don't want your songs right now on digital format and that's respected and that's cool because it makes the, the vinyl because you hear these artists that have it on everywhere on every platform. But when your music comes out only on vinyl on a medium that is now suddenly very much entrenched now in our society. A lot of people are really going back to vinyl. I've been to CES now several years and I've seen the specific designs for turntables and they become more and more eccentric. Amazing. Yeah, the the sound that they recreate and reproduce, especially something like your album, which is being played at 432 hertz, simply are amazing. And I hear this now and it just, it makes it feel for someone a little bit older like myself who grew up on vinyls, it makes it that much more special. I specifically made sure that I got the best vinyl. You know, it's a thicker album. And uh, I made sure that it was the the best technology I could get for the vinyl. I went out, and I didn't even have a turntable. When I did this, I had no way of listening to my own music. So I had to go out. I bought one of those uh, music hall uh, turntables. And believe me, these things are, are, are not cheap, but they're no. just amazing uh, you know, pieces of equipment and beautiful pieces of artwork, quite frankly, uh, the turntables. And, yes. Uh, so, and, it, you know, just to get a set of speakers are, are you know, ridiculous, but it's an amazing new uh, hobby. And, uh, you know, the, being that it is, it's, it's also in limited release. So uh, I, I didn't know how it would do. So, you know, I, I made a, only a, a certain amount of them, but I could obviously make more, but I just know that everything being closed down and, you know, it, it, you just, it took me a long time to have this printed. Well, thank you so much again. It is Scott Howard. You got to go ahead and check out his music, including his live album, World Ascension Tour, A Lightworker's Journey, live at Village Studios in 432 Hertz. And you can get that today at scotthowardmusic.com. We, Scott, I just cannot thank you enough for stopping by. And we truly appreciate you being part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. Want to thank so much Jason Dutch from Dig on America for stopping by. Please check out Dig on America. But my friend, before we head on out, I wanted to go ahead and hit you up on this. Everspace 2. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to go ahead and check out some footage of it, but with space shooters kind of being back in after the success of Star Wars Squadrons, which I know wasn't a huge seller, 
but people really got to check it out. It's got some favorable reviews. I really like it, what I've seen from it, and I really recommend it to people out there, especially the fact that it is not a $60 game. It actually tells a decent story, pretty good multiplayer, very artistic, really gets you in the midst of, of being in the cockpit of Next Wing. I was thinking, oh, let's go into more space shooters. And wouldn't you know, Everspace 2 is just into early access. It's just announced it's early access. It's ready to go. So if you want to go ahead and get into it, I believe it's on Steam and GOG right now. Yep, good old games. Not for everybody out there that doesn't know what GOG is. Good old games. But Steam, which is the most common format out there. Sorry, Epic. We'll talk about Epic in a sec. But <laughs> wanted to go ahead and talk to you now about Everspace 2. Filling that niche scratching that itch for a space shooter i wanted to go ahead and hear your thoughts on that is it something that you could be intrigued by i am intrigued by it it's got a, like i said an early access that has up to 25 hours of content including some story elements and also some missions and things of that nature it has got some little bit of looting got a little bit of puzzle action got a little bit of rpg elements in it and i don't think it's going to reinvent the wheel from what i've seen and what i've been able to experience but I think it's just going to do a good job of presenting itself in a nice fashion. Yeah, so I've actually got one of the early review videos up here. So I've been talking about building my own PC here for uh, a few weeks now. I'm really wishing I had my PC built already because I would be playing this already. The actual user experience looks outstanding. Gosh, I, I don't even know what to compare it to. It's, it's just, it's really clean. It's really crisp for 25 hours worth of content on an alpha release. You can't really beat that right now. It's got a little bit of bugs, but it tells you that, that there's, there's a few yeah. bugs in there. And it also even has a watermark that it's still in early access. So this is the way, you know, I think for Cyberpunk 2077. Yep. And exactly. some of the other games that have come out recently that came out with a whole bunch of bugs. You know what? Bring it out in like, in like an early access mode so it can work out the kinks. If you really need the cash up front, that's a perfect way to do it. So I really want to compliment the developers on this. Really the best way to do it is right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you a thousand percent there, dude. It's If you could come out and tell everyone, hey, our game's not finished, but we think it, it's at a playable level and we've set a fair price. And what we're trying to do is to raise enough money to finish this game out for you. I think, Or even if people... you put 60 bucks out, okay? It's 60 bucks, but you get the early access, you get the 25 or 20 yeah, hours or whatever. And then, yeah. yeah, but you get it, you, when it goes to a full access game, you get it free. Whatever it is you're going to get charged full price. But I mean, if you at least come out and tell people this is early access, you know, we, we know we promise you this deadline and all we can give you is a mostly finished game, but no, it's mostly finished and we're going to be working towards completion in the next two to three months. I think a lot of people would be happy with that. You know, man, that's, that's one of those things that with cyberpunk 2077, if they would have come out and said, look, we think it's 80% there, 85% there. There's a, a few bugs that are really hanging up here. And what we need is the input from the community to help us find these things and make this the game that you want it to be. I think a lot of people would tolerate that, you know, but it, it's you can't tolerate something that you buy for 60 bucks and you're sold a lie and told that it's completed. For early access, this is a great game. It looks great. I haven't seen any of the bugs yet, but I'm, I'll dig into the bug reports. That's my job at work. You know, I, I love to create a good bug report or, but you know, I'll dig into things and see what we, what we've got. I'm hesitant to say that this is uh, looking like it might be a great hit, man. I, and I, I'm hoping that, you know, by the time the full game's out, I have my PC built and we can start playing this and give you a, a, an honest review. It is a space shooter first and foremost, and it does it in a more arcadey old school fashion 
which I'm kind of digging. Uh, I, I mean, love it, man. Of, <laughs> yeah. Well, lately these these space shooters have, like for instance, Star Wars Squadrons have been hit or miss because they've gone more into the simulation, and it has to be something that they think you would be just exactly like if you were out in space. This treats it more like old school, just out there, shoot them up. Yeah, you upgrade your ship. When you're out there, you do need to level up because of the fact that some of the ships that you're going up against, if they're a higher level or they're much more capable of defending themselves, then if you don't have enough, then you're going to be in trouble yourself and when they fire back upon you. So right, right. it's and it's something that is very interesting to see. Again, it is Everspace 2. Hopefully you will give it a chance. It is an early access. Again, there's there's some issues, bugs, and it's only a portion of the game. 12 to 25 hours is what being estimated right now. It's up to 25 hours from, from what they're saying. But I've seen most of the reviews and most of the stuff that I've seen and experienced have been anywhere from the 12 to 15 hour range. But again, if you're interested in the early access for Everspace 2, give it a try. It's on GOG right now. It's on Steam right now. And it could be the next hit space shooter that you've been looking for. Before we head on out, my friend, I wanted to hear your thoughts on Game of Thrones. They already had prequels in development. Now they're talking to the man himself, George R.R. Martin, about a possible second prequel in production. In fact, it's already gone into early, early production, and that's the Tales of Duncan Egg series. But I want to hear your thoughts on these prequels, and could it regain that same type of interest out there for you? I want to go ahead and throw it out there that I've heard plenty of jokes over the last month now that I've willingly gone back to watch the Game of Thrones Season 8 season. Season 8 left such a bad taste in most people's mouths that I think that's going to be a struggle to get people back on the Game of Thrones train. But that doesn't mean, you know... Well, someone like me, I think I'm perfect for it because I came on late. I'm not a huge fan of the series. I know if you could go ahead and back in time and you can check our back episodes on my thoughts on it. Yeah, no, I, I like I, the I series. Yeah, yeah. There <laughs> were some really good episodes and then the ending was the ending and I'll just leave it at that. Mm, but yeah. I could get back into it. But then again, I'm just the type of individual that could get off of it as quickly. Do I really need to invest in this one more time? Yeah, here's the problem is his Dark Materials has taken the place of the fantasy aspect that Game of Thrones had in my world for a long time. And, you know, there's something about watching that show that I've really enjoyed, you know, another HBO, HBO Max show. But at the end of the day, I'm not really interested in going back to a Game of Thrones show right now. You know, even if you gave me a prequel and you gave me some of our favorite characters on on that prequel, I'm still not going to be wholly convinced just because of how we left it in season eight. You know, we heard so many stories about the writing team declining for additional episodes to help really, truly tell the story. And it's really left a sour taste in my mouth. So why would I even put my faith back into that franchise right now? I hear you, my friend. And I definitely want to hear everyone's thoughts on this as well. What are your thoughts on Game of Thrones prequels? Would you like to see the future of the Game of Thrones series be based on the past or the future? Because I thought there were some things there at the end that really set up for some characters' futures as opposed to going back deep and dark into the past of Game of Thrones. But that was just me. I want to hear your thoughts. Are you interested in Game of Thrones prequels? Let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode, but I wanted to go ahead and ask you this real quick. Epic Games, they 
kind of sort of dabbled into movies kind of kind of not there's an animated pick that's going to be coming out in both english and spanish called gilgamesh and it's based off of the hero from ancient mesopotamian mythology they didn't directly fund it but they're giving a grant out to the individuals that are behind this movie so they're kind of and they're kind of not involving themselves in the movies what are your thoughts about epic games and the possibility of them delving into this world of movie making i think it would be a good idea especially with the kind of influx of cash they could provide the movie industry yeah absolutely i'm with you there this is a really interesting power play i think they're going to be utilizing the unreal engine to actually film this movie most recently i think it's the lion king remake utilized the unreal engine to incorporate some of the animation aspects some of the cgi stuff so i i'm really looking forward to to see what they can do with the epic gilgamesh and retelling it as gilgamesh it's a space that is not heavily occupied and, and one of the stories i was reading about it earlier talking about how you know there's a space for telling cultural stories in a dramatic fashion via animation and that's something you don't really get to see ever right like we always see the the comedy or we get we get a little bit of a dramedy every now and then if you, it's a great way to tell a cultural story a great way to tell a myth, mythological story at that and really bring in some new tales even if we are just rehashing some old ones and and you know how i feel about unoriginal content you know, at least with this one, we're using the animation to tell a story that's been out there for a while and tell it in a fashion that hasn't been told previous to this. And you're going to do it and expose an entire generation of kids to mythology. So I'm really looking forward to it, man. This is a great move. I think, like you said, it's, it's going to provide a, a generous influx of cash into the movie industry. And I'm interested to see how you can morph an entire storyline around the animation that is obtained within the Unreal Engine. And it kind of gives a, a weird nod to the old Red vs. Blue days using Halo 1 and how they used to film those like five minute, 10 minute episodes doing that. And it's weird to see how, where we've come from. And our last thoughts heading out, I'm going to be mentioning netflix and where they they started where they've you know where they're at now and you know my my memories of that but you know it, it's it's weird to see how you know some of these video game engines are now going to be the driving force for cgi and movies and tv shows moving forward well i want to hear everyone's thoughts on if they would be excited if epic did actually get into the world of movie making especially after the success they've reached with fortnite and Boy, what's what a yeah. successful times. Could we could we actually see a Fortnite movie? That would be something I would be interested in in hearing if that's the case. I mean, yeah, I know Fortnite isn't quite on top of the world as it once was, but it's still, my gosh, earning tons of cash for Epic. And I love to see that kind of popularity and type of new, maybe maybe new blood, per se, new blood head into the movie industry. So what are your thoughts on Epic Games possibly delving into the world of movie making? We want to hear your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough, as always, for being a part of today's broadcast. Any last thoughts on the way out? Yeah, I just want to give a nod to Netflix. You know, we, we talked about 200 million subscribers this episode. I remember 2007, I moved into the fraternity house in, in, uh, at the University of Minnesota. 
And I remember one of the older guys had a Netflix membership and it was like the big thing, right? And, you know, he got his DVDs delivered to the front door and, you know, got to watch his favorite episodes. And if we were lucky, he would toss us his DVDs to watch before he sent them back, right? It's strange to see that's where we started and where we're at now is the largest streaming platform in the world. They had some humble beginnings and I'm, I'm very happy with where they're at now. From an ethical standpoint, I think they're doing a pretty decent job, and I hope they continue to do a decent job. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm excited to see what's up ahead for Netflix, and I know everyone else is. Well, at least that's a subscriber, and there's over 200 million of them as well. Yep. So for Marcus De La Garza, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself a great Hi, I'm Mike. Hi, I'm Kylan. Hi, I'm Eric. And we are Mighty Marvel Geeks. Mighty Marvel Geeks is your award-winning show about all things Marvel, with news, rumors, commentary, and interviews covering movies, comics, and all points in between. We'll also have our recommendations on what to pick up each week on New Comic Book Day, as well as a weekly pick from Marvel Unlimited. Find us online at MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite podcast that's mighty marvel geeks and remember we are Groot. you're listening to a weeby geeks network podcast this has been a broadcast of the eso network be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our eso patreon or by shopping for the t public store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.